You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. My name is Father Tim Smith. And I'm Heather Caro. And we're broadcasting live from Holy Cross Parish in Ipswich, South Dakota. Right here in the Real Presence Radio Listening Network, we want to wish everybody a very Merry Christmas. And we know that many of our listeners are traveling or, or even during this time of 2020 are experiencing a different sort of Christmas holiday. And, and I do know oh, many yeah. people that are uh, still even taking their precautions but have made arrangements to be with family and friends. Did you have an extra Mass for Christmas? You know, I did. So right here in our parish, uh, for, for actually all the way since or, you know early June, We've had all the protocols for social distancing mm-hmm. and, and all those things that all our listeners uh, think about, whether you're joining us from our Minnesota networks or from North Dakota, South Dakota. Um, don't believe the hype. Everybody does the best they can do yeah. um, to love one another and also still celebrate and gather together in our right to worship in our, in our wonderful churches. And so I just want to encourage all our listeners to uh, the words of Jesus and the gospel uh, said many times, do not be afraid. Uh, the Lord is with us. And if you're free and if you if you're, feel safe, if you don't have any healthcare vulnerabilities, um, you know, find a good place where you're able to come and attend the celebration of Mass. So here we were able to have just one other uh, Mass, which was celebrated with a little extra, uh, just kind of an emphasis on those who are um, more of our vulnerable or elderly mm. population mm-hmm. or people with any pre-existing conditions, um, just That's to a great idea. give them an opportunity to come and and have this time together. And then also one extra celebration of the Mass just kind of spreads the population of the parish mm-hmm. out a little bit. And uh, we live in a rural area and uh, have largely been, you know, unaffected you know by the pandemic uh and that's just in part to social distancing is just a fact of life right where we live here in the midwest and for some of us not in a metropolitan area so we've had a beautiful opportunity to get together and we prayed mass and uh we had some beautiful music and i want to thank uh, some of my music ministry who did a great job this year and i had some parish youth that were able to come together and uh, play some uh, liturgical music during oh, the Christmas fun. season. So uh, some of them, it was their first time uh, <laughs> actually playing or, or singing at Mass, and, oh. and they did a wonderful job because uh, these Christmas songs are such a part of our life. Yeah. And, I, you know, thinking about living liturgically yeah. and Robin's examples of Christmas, you know, th- Christmas seems to be one of those times of the year that really... Uh, we all have memories of our life with certain Christmas decorations. So I, rem- mm. I do remember in my own home, there were two Christmas trees. There was the nice tree that mom <laughs> really, she took care of the decorations on that. And then there yeah. was kind of a kid's tree where we had all those uh, ornaments that were made from all sorts of things. Those are you the know, best. Like clothespins and ornaments yeah. and things with pipe cleaners yeah. and all those sorts of things. Uh, Popsicle sticks that's glued right. together. Uh, qu- uh, popcorn <laughs> uh, 
tinsel, yeah, yeah. you know, around the tree, and and uh, that was in the basement where we we have my home. So just, and I know many of our members have those memories, you know, stockings, Christmas stockings, and, mm-hmm. and finding gifts. Uh, but one memory I have is uh, these two green LP vinyl albums that were <laughs> full of Christmas music, and I would. I just have fond memories of after an afternoon of sledding in the snow and mm-hmm. pulling off those LPs and, and listening to Bing Crosby and all those Christmas tunes that are not religious, right. but really just kind of set that tone oh, for uh, the Christmas season. And uh, Well, and this last Sunday we celebrated uh, the Feast of the Holy Family. So I was kind of interested to hear your take, your homily on... The Holy Family. Well, like most priests in the United States, it's on YouTube, Heather. It's just on kidding. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> no, I'm just like uh, nowadays. Of course, many of us have uh, you know restream our masses and make them available to the faithful. But you know, the Feast of the Holy Family. What a what a beautiful commemoration mm-hmm. uh, during these twelve days of Christmas. And so, as I think about uh, you know the family. One thing I always look to when I think about the Feast of the Holy Family is uh, Pope St. John Paul II wrote a beautiful instruction in the church called Familiaris Consortio. Uh, it's an it's a instruction on the family and on family life, which is referenced a lot in uh, contemporary church life. I know on Real Presence Live that this document has been uh, really spoken about um, before because it really points out um, the fact of the matter that, you know, we are called to live the family life. It's, a, it's an apostolic exhortation, which was actually authored by the Pope in 1981. So it was actually just right after I was born is when the Holy Father wrote this beautiful instruction. And what it's really about, it's about the role of the Christian family in the modern world. Hmm. And the Holy Father used the holy family of Jesus, Mary, and Joseph as a starting point to point out the great fact that God sanctifies us through the family. And there's a general theme that's revealed through the document about, uh, oftentimes, we, we say it a lot on Real Presence Live when we have our different catechists and teachers to say that parents are the primary educators of their children in the ways of the faith. Where does everybody get that from? Where does everybody pull that sure. that line from or that? Well, it's kind of evident. Of course, we see it reflected in scripture where we see so many scriptural characters. So it, it's made revealed even in God's revelation. And we also see that in sacred tradition. However, uh, this document by the Holy Father really emphasized that point, that the family is this place where we are educated, where we are catechized in the ways of the Catholic faith. In a general theme, uh, this really comes from one of my uh, professors that taught me, and we, we, when we studied and we, and we went through this document by Pope St. John Paul II when I was in seminary, is that the role of the family, role of the family is to guard, reveal, and to communicate love. And so what do our families do? But they guard love, they reveal love, and they communicate love. And so one of the ways that 
families can guard love is by looking out for one another. And we see that reflected in the holy family of Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. Right away, Joseph is warned by the angel of the Lord that he must take Mary and Jesus to protect them from Herod, uh, who is going to seek the destruction of the child Jesus. And so he was warned to take him, and so they flew to Egypt. So we read about the flight to Egypt in the Gospels. And here, right away, we see that the family needs to be guarded. It needs to be protected from outside forces that would threaten to bring harm to one of the family members or even destruction to the family itself. Hmm. Now let's step back from that and let's look at our contemporary world. Are there outside things in the world that would hurt members of our family or bring about the destruction mm. of our family? And yeah. we can just say, yes, we do. <laughs> we know that there are harmful influences, you know, and it could be today in our modern world, it could be as simple as, you know, our smartphones. If everybody has that technology, yeah. how are we making our homes a safe haven? Also, how do we guard love in our family? What are outside influences, relationships, workplace scenarios? How do these things affect our families? We know that all of us can be uh, you know, really affected by these harmful influences in life, whether it be through means of media or relationships. And so guarding love means that families look out for one another, and they're always mindful of what other things would separate one member of the family from that love that the family is supposed to hold together. And of course, that can manifest itself in so many different ways. And ultimately, we could say, well, all those things may be uh, possibilities or temptations to sin, uh, which would lead family members to hurt. And of course, we know sin harms us, you know, so we want to protect our homes from this. So one aspect of the family is to guard that love. Another way of, of the family is to reveal God's love. And so mm-hmm. how is love shared in the family? So mm-hmm. not only do we guard, guard love in our family, in our households, from things, we also see how it we, love is revealed within us, and so that could be in how we communicate with one another, how we share our lives with one another, and also how we're able to, uh, through our family life, uh, just be com- not only just revealing it through our relationships with one another, but also our relationships with other people. And people will say, look at this family. I, on Christmas night, Heather, I spent time with my, one of my godson's family. They live just 25 miles away from my nice. parish. So I'm able, I have five godchildren. So if the other ones are listening, I didn't go to your family. <laughs> I went to one of them. But because they have to be the most proximate to where I live, yeah. I, I had dinner with them. And someone say, it is you know, are they a perfect family? Not by any stretch of the imagination. Even if they hear me, they know they're not perfect. <laughs> you know, there was, my godson was messing around with the fireplace, and, you know, there were gloves and mittens coming in, thrown across the room, and someone spilled some chocolate milk. Yeah. They, you could say, oh, this is not a perfect family, and there may be a little fighting or a little arguing. Perfectly normal. Perfectly <laughs> normal. And But God doesn't make perfect families. He makes holy families. Mm -hmm. And that's the fact of the matter. And so they reveal their love to each other and their love. And I was so impressed by one of my uh, my godson's older brothers, how he was so patient and kind and gentle Mm -hmm. um, with one of his his baby brother who made a big mess and spilled the hot chocolate, you know. So that's how love is revealed. And I was able to see that love 
through that patience and that kindness revealed in that family. And then, of course, the last thing is families communicate love to the world through works of charity, works of kindness. So when they're out in the world and you see that family, you see their love, and that's communicated to the other people in the world. Mm. And so that's the role of the family, and that's what I uh, talked about on that great I love uh, it. homily, or that solemnity of the Holy Family, is that families guard love, they reveal love, and they communicate love. And of love course, it. that's a, the teaching of the Holy Father, and, and that's a great goal for all of us, and that's easier said than done. And yeah. so uh, one thing we can talk about, too, is uh, what do you do when it doesn't work out in an ideal setting like that and we can actually talk about that here in just a few moments we're going to take a quick break on real presence live we're celebrating the fifth day of christmas uh, with those five golden rings and and loving all those who god has put in our path particularly our families we'll be right back with more right here on real presence live This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio, with a creative gift planning tip. Do you want to make sure Real Presence Radio continues to receive your support in perpetuity? This can now be accomplished by establishing an individual endowment account in your name with a minimum gift of $10,000. A distribution will be made annually in your name to assure future generations will continue to hear the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ through the mission of Real Presence Radio. To learn more about establishing an individual endowment for Real Presence Radio, a gift which will last in perpetuity, Please call me, Mike Kidrowski, at 701-290-4503. State tax credits may apply in some states. Let's get started. Rose Management is a family-owned business that believes in good morals, doing the right thing, and treating our residents as family. Rose Management provides affordable housing to complexes throughout North Dakota and Minnesota. All Rose Management properties and our maintenance staff are in a centralized location in their cities. If you have any questions, you can call 701-237-6840 or online at rosemanagement.net. Again, that number is 701-237-6840. Hi, this is Dr. Ryan Sappo from Lumen Vision in South Fargo, near Saints Anne and Joachim Church. Lumen Vision is a full-service eye care facility that provides eye exams for both children and adults. We offer a variety of frames with missions you can believe in, like Eco Eyewear, an environmentally friendly frame company that plants a tree for each frame sold. For more information about our mission and scheduling your appointment online, you can go to lumen.vision. Lumen Vision is a proud sponsor of the Real Presence Radio Network. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. My name is Father Tim Smith. And I'm Heather Caro. And we're broadcasting from Holy Cross Parish in Ipswich, South Dakota, here in the Real Presence Radio Listening Network. We're so grateful for you to join us on this fifth day of Christmas as we celebrate the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ, and Keep the Christmas joy alive in our hearts. And 
uh, just a moment ago. We're speaking about this beautiful uh, Sunday, which we had the celebration of the Holy Family. Uh, one aspect of that, Heather, is that there are a couple different options for readings uh, for Mass. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, I actually chose other optional readings that weren't included oh. in the books for my people. You know, we have often these pew missiles that yeah. have the readings in there. And so I made a announcement before Mass. You won't be finding these readings really? in your book because I've chosen the other ones. Interesting. Uh, because that's what the Lord had inspired me to do. I wanted to preach on the book of Sirach and St. Paul's letter to the Colossians about the Holy Family. And so that uh-huh. was my starting point for, for doing that. And I know many of our listeners, sometimes when you're at Mass, the priest may choose other readings and you might say, that's not what's in my book. I've got my Magnificat or my yeah. Word Among Us or Give Us This Day book. And yeah. Father chose other readings. Well, you know what? That's okay so long as he's following the rubrics of the church. And there is actually an instruction or a book called the, that kind of helps us uh, make those decisions. Uh, it's called the Ordo, and it kind of guides priests in not only praying the Mass, but also making the selections if they're going to pray maybe a special votive Mass or a memorial as they go throughout the day. And it gives them instructions on how they can do that. And also, if there are optional readings, it helps the priest make that decision. So for those of us who are listening, sometimes you may say, I think Father is making a mistake because he's <laughs> You're not, on the wrong page. He's not doing what's in my book. That's okay. Those books aren't always... At least always... you're nice enough to warn them. Well, I try to. <laughs> Otherwise, I might get jumped after Mass, you know, by a, a few of we them. We need to go back and do it again. Father, you did not choose the right readings. I don't... <laughs> or the worst is on a Sunday if I have, you know, if I have a lector, then everyone will say... John is reading the wrong readings up there. I know. And usually the lecturer will say, Father, everyone will think I'm messing up. And I'll say, don't worry, I'll warn them. You don't know that uh, we have different readings. And, of course, if you uh, use like a, one of these digital apps, of course, it gives all the options of your readings right. um, for you to follow along. But that's just a little insider or a little pro tip for all my daily mass goers who may be frustrated by their priest for changing up the readings. <laughs> Uh, uh, from time to time. But there's so many great options, you know, for us during this time of the Christmas season and these 12 days of Christmas. You know, one thing that Robin uh, highlighted us to is this living liturgically. And of course, during these 12 days of Christmas, and I was kind of lamenting to you earlier, Heather, on how uh, I really, particularly even this year, uh, be, was really kind of tired after well, sure. celebrating some extra masses, and I have about 80 miles to travel between my my three parishes that I celebrate uh, Sunday mass. Well, and usually and Christmas the week before for. you have a lot of confessions going on. That's right, and so it's penance a busy services. Time. It is, yeah. uh, you know, Advent's all crunched together. But there are a, a, several uh, awesome, uh, great memorials and and feast days that are celebrated during this octave of Christmas, during these 12 days of Christmas. And the first one is St. Stephen's Day, which is the day after Christmas. And, of course, St. Stephen the Martyr. And we read about St. Stephen's martyrdom and the Acts of the Apostles. I've always found that kind of strange, Father. I I just am like, okay, so yay, baby Jesus and the first martyr. Well, there you go. Well, (laughs) uh, it's... uh, 
<laughs> well, of course, yeah, well, to make it better for you, there's that great old English hymn of On the Feast of Stephen, which you may know. Uh, I do. And, uh, we, we, we played it many times at uh, the Mustard Seed. Same Wenceslas on the Feast of Steve. There you go. It shows you we know the lyrics so well. I know Wenceslas is in there on the Feast of Stephen. For all our Czech and Bohemian listeners, for all from here in the Real Presence Radio area, a little Saint Wenceslas shout out there. But on the Feast of Stephen, Seth. I have to admit to our listeners, I've given to making up my own lyrics for that tune. Hey. Uh, usually they're nonsensical and they, <laughs> they happen to do with whatever I'm doing that day. I'm on my way to the funeral home on oh, the no, Feast of Stephen. You know, like, uh, but it, it's, it's such a cheery song, but also uh. talking about something very serious, which was the martyrdom of you know one of our first deacons and yeah. uh, a, a beautiful testimony of course um, we also read in saint stephen's martyrdom uh, the first mention of saul who would go on to become saint paul who presided over that stoning of saint mm-hmm. stephen who had this beautiful vision of the heavens but even further on if we look forward we see the very next day is the feast of saint john the apostle the, the beloved disciple of jesus and again, back to back, we have Christmas, we have St. Stephen's Day, and then boom, one of the, one of the evangelists, the writers of the Gospel of John and the Johnine literature and the book of Revelation, and we see, uh, it's just beautiful jumping right into, mm-hmm. here's one of the major uh, disciples of Jesus, one of the great apostles, the, the, the great evangelist, and we celebrate his feast day. And then moving on forward, we, we go right into more celebrations as we see, uh, as we move on into the 20, 27th was St. John, and then we move into the Feast of the Holy Innocents. And of course, that was what we celebrated yesterday. And with that, uh, acknowledging this great tragedy that we see again right after Christmas, right. but acknowledging what we what's revealed to us in the Gospels about this uh, these early martyrs, uh, those who died, those those boys that were they're innocently, uh, you know, slaughtered in Bethlehem. And of course, it's quite sad, but it raises the awareness for us that infanticide is a real thing. It's existed throughout history. We also read about it in the Old Testament with the Israelites and how. Uh, Pharaoh had actually sought the slaughter of those Israelite children as well. Um, And we see that repeated in history. And we see that political rulers and leaders have actually done this throughout history and still do so today. And of course, we see this as a, you know, really a precursor to what we see in the sin of abortion and the, the killing of innocent children which happens not only in foreign nations around the world, but even in our own nation, the United States. And again, as we seek to be pro-life, the holy innocents are, are a way for us to acknowledge, you know, God's, God's grace, but also the idea that, you know, we want to be pro-life. And, and it's such a sad thing. Right. Do you have any advice for those of us who are tired after the holidays? Maybe we had big family gatherings. Maybe we had... Um, a depressing family gathering or a small one or, sure. you know, went to a lot of masses and all these different things. Is And how do we keep that Christmas spirit? We've only got about a minute. so Sure. Well, I think one of the things <laughs> is, uh, you know, on the Feast of the Holy Family, and this is something you kind of hinted towards earlier too, Heather, 
spending. It's very interesting. We celebrate the Feast of the Holy Family after many of us during the Christmas season have tried to have a real encounter with our real families. Yeah, right. And the fact of the matter is this. If you have a difficulty loving the people in your family, if you've been estranged from members of your family, perhaps siblings or parents or people that you haven't spoken with in a number of years because of whatever circumstances, or even during this time, if you've had a serious uh, division in your family because we live in a divisive time. Mm -hmm. uh, I just talked about pro-life, but I mean, even that is something that can separate families, who, some who have adopted different world viewpoints and different perspectives on the dignity of human life, or even furthermore in the realm of what's happened in the pandemic and different family members that have responded in different ways. The fact of the matter is, you are not alone mm. because many people experience this difficulty in family life. And so here we celebrate the Feast of the Holy Family just, you know, two days after Christmas when many of us have had to face the experience of, should I call my brother? What do I say to him? Should I call my sister? Oh, yeah. last time we had this conversation, yeah. we had an argument. This is a real thing that many members of the church experience. It doesn't mean that they're bad. It doesn't mean that they're a failure as a brother or sister. It does mean, though, that you're a human and that you experience the effects of what all of us experience, which is original sin, which is the source of division, of separation, and of ultimately this hardness of heart that can develop over time, but also the difficulty in communicating and revealing love with other members of our family. And it, it begins, the solution to all of this begins in prayer and it begins to looking at Jesus. And so if you've had a hurried holiday, maybe you were separated from family just because of the circumstances of the pandemic. The closest you were able to get to them was perhaps through a screen or, or through a Zoom call or mm -hmm. something like that. No matter what those circumstances, take that experience to prayer and ask God for grace. Because if you've experienced any of those unfortunate things, you are not alone. The Lord Jesus knows what's in your heart, and he wants you to tell him about it. And so communicate to God whether you're tired, whether you're exasperated, whether you're feeling regret or remorse. God will bless you, and he'll bless your family. And so as we continue to move forward in this Christmas season, ask God for the grace, and he will give you that inspiration. He'll give you that opportunity to share love with the people in your life. And that's my encouragement to all those people love it. that have that experience, Heather. <laughs> so we'll be right back here on Real Presence Live. Up next, we're going to talk about new technology and how it provides us access to so many things but how is it that it can be too much? Stay with us. We'll be talking about technology right here 